It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. time 30 minutes late ladies and gentlemen it's careless whispers here on clns media my name is matt rory and calvin i think i think this is for you play the music yeah we got a champion here. we got, we got oh, a champion oh, in our mix oh. 10 or 17 yeah can you believe it we're tied, How does it baby. Feel to we're be tied. Summer League champion. Celtics Lakers are tied, seventeen banners each. Count it. <laughs> do you even get a trophy for this? Yeah, you do. They do. They do get a trophy. Oh fact, wow! Uh, yeah, yeah. The Lakers get all kinds of trophies because uh, they. Lonzo Ball also got Summer League MVP. He got a trophy. Uh, Kyle Kuzma got. Summer League Finals MVP, he gets a trophy, and you get a trophy, and you get a trophy, and everybody gets a trophy, right? I love it. Everybody gets a trophy. Yeah. That's America. We love America. We do. We do. Yeah, man. Feels good. I mean, I didn't, you know, come prepared to make a statement. I don't know if you expected <laughs> that from me or not, but um, I can, I'm, I have a few people to thank off, off the top of my head if you want, but um, maybe we should just move on with the show. <laughs> yeah, I don't think we need to uh, have you be th- have you thanking anybody out there, especially since I don't, I don't even know who they had to go through on the way to the finals. I know, I know that the Celtics didn't get to the semis even because they rested all of their players for the most part. Um, seriously, it, do you find any meaning whatsoever in the summer league? Uh, as far as the wins and losses are concerned, or and to follow up on that, if the answer is not at all, is there any meaning in summer league for individual players? Like, do you feel better about Lonzo Ball than you did two weeks ago? I mean, I think I think that you can find meaning on a certain level. It's funny. That I'm I'm glad I'm glad that you bring this up because yes. Summer League overreactions are ridiculous, and they've always, I've always had that stance, and I continue to have that stance, and even in the wake of the Lakers having a successful Summer League. But I, I, I think that there's a difference between saying, hey, this guy played well in Summer League, and he's going to be a star, 
and like this is what you know this is what this guy this is what this guy like is good at and this is what this guy is not good at and this is what he needs to work on and it just just the I, I think the eyeball test has some value but what what I don't think is like just looking at the stats and being like this guy dominated in one in one summer league MVP I was curious so I went back and saw and, and looked at who who won last year's summer league MVP and it's a guy named Tyus Jones and you know I don't. I don't know if you you could make the argument that playing time has something to do with this, but uh, Tyus Jones averaged three points off the bench for the Cavaliers last year, shot like 34%. Now again, you know, playing playing time, not wanting to play with these, whatever mm-hmm. you want to say. Like, I, I think that, that playing well in summer league doesn't necessarily translate to the NBA, but I think like again, and, and I do want to get into the individual players. We'll get into it. Um, but like the actual summer league championship for the Lakers, do I think that's going to like roll over to the season at all? No, I don't. But you know, you still can watch guys out there and go, well, you know, like especially I, I think even more so like the second year guys. I'm sure you know. Did you watch any summer league? I'm sure you did, right? Yeah, I watched as much as I could. I wasn't glued yeah. to it, but uh, right. I enjoyed seeing Jason Tatum go out there and score buckets and have some some nice mid-range game, even though I know that the the league is going away from the mid-range game at this point. You say that to me basically every time we start talking about good shots against bad shots. It is ironic because when people complain about Lonzo, they complain about his lack of, of mid-range game. At the same time, it's like saying nobody, want, nobody wants a mid-range shot. It's just like a combination of, of things. But anyway, yeah, I'll, I have some thoughts on Tatum as, as well as uh, – uh, a couple of other guys. I, I watched a, a couple of the Celtics summer league games. So, um, you know, here's a, yeah, take take these all of these thoughts with a grain of salt because, they, again, watching this, I don't know how well anything is going to translate. I only know like what I saw and you know what I think. But I'm definitely not going like like oh Cal Cal Kuzma dominated summer league, so that means he's going to automatically be a baller in the NBA. No, but I could still talk about like what I liked from them, right? And the same same thing with you guys, and what I did. Yeah. Absolutely, so, and I mean, I just but you just need to take make sure that you put it out there that you understand that summer league, like you just did, summer league is not end all be all by any means. You have to put it in perspective, and oh yeah, guys have guys have good performances all the time in summer league and then disappear. And there are guys that don't perform all that well in summer league and end up having good careers. So it can go either way. No, but yeah. But can I, can I just say this for, for the summer, just, just as a whole for summer league, once, once again, I want to give credit to LeVar Ball. And the reason why I want to give credit to LeVar Ball already is because has summer league ever been this big? I don't ever remember anyone. I don't remember LeBron showing up in summer league and it being that big of a deal. Like people – I go on ESPN, there's like a new story about Lonzo Ball every day on ESPN, and the comments are either full of people loving him or people thinking he's... I, I, I'm not even just giving credit for, like, LeVar making people like Lonzo. I'm also giving him credit for making people hate Lonzo, because there's plenty of... I feel like nobody is passive on this guy, and for a guy with zero personality, like, every time I actually hear Lonzo interviewed, he sounds like the most bland person in the world. That's, like, what he does on the court aside, like, yeah, there's, there's excitement to that, but I just mean as like, as like a fulcrum for liking or disliking him. If he, if it was just him by himself, I feel like no one would really have an. 
people would have opinions on his game, but like on his personality, I feel like he'd be he'd be a wash. Instead, he's like so divisive. He's like the new Tim Tebow in a di- completely different way, regardless of like how whether or not his ta- his skills translate. In that sense, he he's like Tim Tebow as well, and that he he has a totally different game. That like it, it's questionable whether or not it'll translate, and, and that remains to be seen. But like, the, I'm just talking about the marketing right now, Ray. The the marketing is real, and it's I I think it's paid off. I think he's going to end up getting one of these shoe deals that he's setting up now. And you can tell me if you disagree, but what do you think? Well, first of all, I want to just comment on your your thing about summer league in general because back when LeBron was coming into the league, uh, summer league had only been alive for two years at that point. So, just the event in general, part. Part of it was held in Boston. There were smaller events throughout the, throughout the country that they held, and it, it just it didn't really get big uh, for a few years after that. And Vegas oh, no. didn't have it until the year after LeBron was there. So you can't just no, credit LeVar Ball for all of that. But either way. No, no, that's not what I meant. I meant LeVar, I'm not, I meant LeBron showing up this year. I didn't mean LeBron oh, showing up this year. Yes. I, yeah. I see what you mean. Yeah, uh, that could be true. But I, I think that there were big names at the top of this draft, and they played in the summer league, and guys wanted to see it. But in general, the summer league is getting bigger over the last few years, is what I was really trying to, to harp on. Um, but the shoe deal—I mean, yeah, I, he's going to get a shoe deal. I, I can't—I I can't believe—I can't believe that nobody would sign on with him. So it's—he's it's, not going to be the big baller brand for the rest of his life, you know. He, I would imagine he's going to get a deal. I'm just saying, Ray, what shoes he was wearing was like, those were like headlines on the internet. You know what I mean? That's How crazy. he played in different shoes. Like, this guy's ability to, like, I don't understand why anyone cares. You know what I mean? I'm a Lakers fan. I, I, I guess he has a big baller brand. I'm just saying, this whole thing, call it a sign if you want, but, like, he's turned to, he's turned basically anything he does into a story. Or he really, LeVar has. And so, with that respect... I think that people, it seemed like all eyes were on him in the summer league, and, you, and there are arguments to be made uh, against certain aspects of his play in summer league, and we'll, we'll get to that, that element in a second. I, I only bring it up to say that, like, I, I think that his, his persona factored into him getting the MVP almost as much as anything else. Yeah, that, I, I would believe that. Um, and if we want to really dig deep into his his stats in the summer league we can, but overall I, I think that it's, it's probably just a uh, more of a, a hype type of thing as far as the MVP is concerned. I don't know who's actually voting on this stuff, which writers are involved, but I would not, I would imagine it's not the writers that vote on the real MVP in, in the league. So, um, but Calvin, you know what? We pretty rarely get callers around here. I have a feeling somebody saw me tweet out the fact that we are on the air because we have an, an Atlanta area code popping up on the board right now. So shall we see who this is and what they have to say about Summer League or something else? Does that matter? Or something else. Here yeah. we go. Whatever, whatever they want to talk about. Welcome to Careless Whispers. Thank you for joining us. How's it going? Hey, indeed. Hey, I'm good, man. Thanks for taking the call, man. I'm glad, uh, <laughs> glad you guys are willing to listen to somebody else from outside. Uh, no, man, we love calls. Conf- no one ever just wants to talk to it. What, what's your name, brother? Uh, this is Naj in Atlanta. Naj? Yes. Right on, man. Go ahead. What, what do you want to talk yeah. about today? Yeah, well, well, first things first, as the great Hubie Brown said, 
summer league tells you who can play and who can't play. Like, that's it. Like, you don't know if they're a great NBA player or a good one. All you're finding out is they're either rotational or at least going to be on a roster. Uh, when we saw Greg Oden averaging like 10 fouls a game because they had unlimited fouls, that was a reason to raise your eyebrows. So uh, Lonzo showed what? He could turn the corner. Uh, he showed the vision that we all knew he had. Uh, the question marks about his foot speed on defense, who he can guard, things like that, still there. But uh, the whole storm that they've created, I mean, well, his father created, uh, he has gym hysteria. And that's something that's really, really under, underrated. When a guy walks in and the crowd starts buzzing or does anything and you see the whispering and, and you know, just the excitement level, uh, this narrative has created that for him. Usually you get that from mixtape stuff or something like that. But this dude has created a kind of <laughs> rock star-like uh, situation because you got so many people, as you said, it's polarized. They either love him or hate him. And that's the perfect sweet spot to be in. So they're going to be yeah. able to get the shoe deal. We'll see what this kid really is. You know, when the season starts, I'm like, I'm not a big uh, Lonzo fan, but, you know, I wanted to see him succeed this weekend. But overall, like we said, this is still summer league. Deion Glover, back-to-back summer league MVP. If that doesn't scare the hell out of any Laker fan. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it, it is what it is, man, at a certain point. And I want to get uh, get into what you guys on that whole mid-range thing, too, when you get a chance. But I just wanted to All comment right, yeah. on so summer league. First. Quickly, though, from oh, I mean, a marketing right. standpoint, LeVar Ball has really hit this thing right on the head. You have to give the guy credit for that. He, he certainly he drummed up the hype for his son and his other two sons, for that matter, because I know when, the, when they become eligible for the NBA draft, he's going to do the same thing for them, assuming that they're going to be good enough to make it. I doubt that they're going to be a number one pick candidate, but if they're even close, you know he's going he's gonna to drum it up for them too because he's a marketing genius. Calvin, you want to throw anything out there right now? Yeah, I, I, I do, because I, I do feel like, again, and as, as aesthetically pleasing as his game is in terms of, of the passes, I can't ever remember, like, a transcendent passer becoming, you know, in, in, and I don't want to call him an icon, but <clears throat> uh, and I'm not really talking about on the court right now, because like, like you said, it is summer league, but just in terms of the ability to generate buzz in going into the season, like, I can't remember a rookie getting this kind of attention, either positive or negative, before he played a single game beyond Summer League. And again, that, that might not translate, but that has entirely to do with the marketing. So I, I think some of it has to do with his passing, but I don't remember, like, oh, you know, John Stockton and Ricky Rubio and, and guys like that getting crazy attention just for their ability to pass. I feel like passing is, like, not – usually it's a guy who has, like, uh, Russell Westbrook-level athleticism, you know, coming out of college, like a Dennis Smith type – where you're going to be, like, blown away or even bolts. But the fact is that his game is, like, not necessarily the, the most marketable, and yet they've, they've created this sort of sensation around him. It's, it's just impressive to me. But, uh, yeah, so, he puts yeah, the fans want... on the horns of a dilemma. Uh, either you love him or hate him. Either you want him to fail spectacularly or you want him to succeed. So by putting you in that space, anything he does, the little punch pass, you know what I mean? It seems glorified, yeah. and it's YouTube ready. I mean, uh, you know, uh, Twitter ready. Quick clip so, of thing. So Let me ask you guys this. I think that right now the Lakers have a guard on their roster who's actually a better scorer than Lonzo Ball in Jordan Clarkson. Calvin, I think that Luke Walton is not going to be afraid to pull the trigger on putting Ball on the bench if the Lakers struggle with him on the floor and he can't knock down shots for whatever reason. Because Clarkson has proven that he can score in this league – 
So I'm, am I coming? Am I crazy for thinking that, or is there going to be a short leash on this kid? No, you're crazy for thinking that. And the, re- the reason why you're crazy for thinking that is because, uh, well, I'm, I'm not a fan of Jordan Clarkson's game at all, but more, more importantly, Jordan Clarkson is, he's like a tunnel vision style shooting guard. It's like he's, he's Monte Ellis. He's, and he plays defense even worse than Monte Ellis. So I, I like, if, not that Lonzo really showed that much defensively, although I think he's better off ball than Jordan Clarkson, but, um, I just don't think Jordan Clarkson has like the the court vision or even even the mindset to be a passing style point guard, and I, I don't I think Lonzo will have a long leash just because they don't really have a, a traditional point guard on the roster now that they traded D'Angelo Russell, and you can even make the argument that he's a combo guard. But you look down the rest of the lineup: Josh Hart, this kid they drafted, is not a point guard. Um, they signed you know Contavious Caldwell Pope, not a point guard. All their guards are basically you know. Uh, more off-ball guys than, than or Jordan Clarkson is a, a shooting guard, but he's like a, a slasher more than a distributor. So I, I just think based on functionality, he'll have a long leash. Yeah, because he can shoot badly and still play well, and Jordan right. Clarkson has no idea about how to run a team. He's just not a point exactly. guard. He's a scoring guy. Now, they're going right. to need buckets because they're a young team, so they're going to struggle at times. So Clarkson is probably going to shoot a lot more than he will. But, man, him running the team is a struggle. It reminds you of Kyrie. Like, I can get buckets, I just can't distribute. Right. Like, like, don't ask me to run this. Do you have right, fair enough. Tatum? Excuse me? Do you, do, you want, do you want to talk about the mid-range thing? Or I didn't know if you want to talk about Tatum specifically. Oh, which is yeah, 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 the mid-range thing. Yeah, the, the mid-range thing is going a little too far just because we, we ingest so much basketball information now that we start making things in the hard tenets that we have to apply to everybody, and it doesn't really work that way. Uh, I don't want Kevin Johnson shooting a three-point. I want him shooting from that free-throw line extended where he was actually a good shooter. Tony Parker, same type of thing. So that, that mid-range thing needs to be dependent on who you're talking about. But we kind of miss the forest for the trees when we go to the analytics and say, well, threes are still a better shot just because percentage and it's an extra point. Good shooters, yes, I completely agree. But there are certain guys, man, look, you shouldn't be giving three-point license to everybody. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, Some I, guys, I, they don't. I couldn't agree well, more. I, I, I think Jay Crowder is one of those guys, and he's developed a better three-point shot over the last couple of years. But when he first came to the Celtics, I didn't want him shooting oof. anywhere near the three-point line, and he could knock down that mid-range jumper. But the, 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 thing, about, the thing about the mid-range shot, though, that it, it, it's not just the shot in and of itself. Obviously, you know, it – if you, the, the argument is like if you're going to take a mid-range shot, you should try to go to the rim, right? But but, but I, and I and I think that I agree with you somewhat because I think that argument breaks down in the playoffs when every team is defending the three-point line in the rim extremely hard, and sometimes the the only baskets you're really going to get are mid-range, and you be you better be able to hit those. But I also think it's like I, I think the idea that like someone can't hit a mid, mid-range shot. Thing, the thing about most mid-range shots is that they require you know, usage of the clock. And I, I look at Tatum, and that's sort of uh, my my slight issue with, like, he, as, as well as Tatum played, and he showed excellent footwork. I just, I don't know if, the, and, you know, many of those shots are going to consistently uh, be there for him in the Celtics offense. I, I you know, keep hearing this comparison to Paul Pierce, and it, it, it's cute, but I, <laughs> what I really, what I, what, what I really sort of see Good is... Good way to describe sort it. Of, yeah, it's, it's it's sort of I, I well, it's cute because it's like I, Celtics fans do this all the time, right? 
like Jeff Green, James Worthy. Remember that? Remember that classic? Oh boy, the Jeff Green, <laughs> Jeff Green, James Worthy comparison from a couple of years ago. I just feel like, you know, a couple of summer league games, you might want to slow down on the Paul Pierce comparison. But the the guy, the guy he sort of reminded me of just watching him out there, kind of with Evan Turner, and I, I think that's it, that it's fine. But like him, you know, holding the ball, posting up in the high post, and, and hitting a turnaround jumper, that's like a five second play. And, in, in, you know, in the NBA, you're going to argue, especially uh, in, with a good offense, that you, that you can pass the ball three times in that scenario try or, or, you know, try to dribble past your man or try to get a look at a, at a shot at the rim or, or a three-pointer, right? That's, that's the way the NBA is going. And I just wonder – I think, you know – Well, well that, that's a pecking order thing, though. That's a pecking order thing. On the Celtics team, in the pecking order that it is, he will not be getting those ISO – or clear out situations to where he can take up that five seconds like you're talking about. Right. Like, no, nah, young blood, get over there, set a pick, run through. Like, that. that's your job here. You're not going to be a ball stopper because you haven't earned that yet. And the Paul Pierce stuff, like you guys said, that's ridiculous. Anybody out there, just watch Paul Pierce's feet, young Paul Pierce. Pull up a tape, watch his feet, and you'll understand why that dude could come in looking unconditioned without a muscle tone to his body <laughs> and give people buckets <laughs> for decades because – it's, it's, man, it's genius, man. Watch Paul's feet and you'll learn. You're, you're, you're absolutely right. And we appreciate the call. appreciate you listening. This was one of the, actually, one of the best calls we've had in probably five or six years around here. And that's not just because we don't get calls very often. Usually, uh, it's, they're not as informed as you are. So we appreciate it and we hope to hear from you again, all right? Yeah, uh, indeed. I, I'll just listen. Don't hang me up. I'm going to just kick back and listen to you guys. Perfect. Sounds right, good, man. Sure, we, man. Yep. Yeah. We'll talk. We'll talk to you soon. Respect. Love that stuff, Calvin. So what are, you, what are your thoughts on what you've seen from Tatum? So I think that, that uh, Todd just hit it on the, on the head with the footwork as far as Pierce is concerned. I just wanted to touch on that because people are comparing Tatum to Pierce. Uh, and Pierce's footwork is what, what got him where he was. And some people will call him clunky. You know, they look at his game and, and they say that, that he, he, he's, he shouldn't be the, what he was and uh, – I just I feel like he knows he knew where to or how to get to the spot on the floor that he knew he was going to knock down the shot 80% of the time or whatever and he was a big strong athlete and he could get there and if if you couldn't stop him from getting there then he was going to knock down the shot and his confidence grew and grew and it was just that's that's kind of what we started to see from from Tatum in uh, in in the summer league, if if he got to the spot where he was comfortable, he was knocking down shots left and right. So I'm not going to compare the the two of them strictly because of the magnitude uh, of Paul Pierce's existence in the Celtics organization. Uh, but you can see why people would want Tatum or why people would think that he would be able to fill – some of that void as far as the type of player that Pierce was because he's knocking down those mid-range shots. And that was Pierce's bread and butter. But, but you know what, Calvin, even Paul Pierce towards the end of his career started either going to the hoop more or stepping back and knocking down threes. So even he kind of went away from the mid-range jumper, even though it was still perfect for him when he needed it. Uh, But that's just the way the league is going now. So while I like the fact that, that Tatum can score in that area, he's got a lot of work to do as far as his offense is concerned. He might be one of the more polished offensive players in the draft right now, 
but he still has a lot of work to do compared to the NBA. So uh, summer league is, is no indicator as far as I'm concerned, because it's just a step out of college. It's basically D league, probably not even the D league. I bet D league competition is better. Uh, and I just, I, I like what I saw and I hope it builds his, it builds his confidence a little bit. But when he is actually playing with the big boys, I'm not so sure it's going to be effective right right away. I mean, I think I think Tatum in summer league sort of, you know, they are where we thought they were, right? Like he, I, I think that like he showed a lot yes. of polish, maybe even maybe even more polish than like. But I, but I think like, you know, going into the draft, that that was his strength. Is like he's a guy who knows how to put the ball in the hole. Absolutely. I, I think the question has always been like, does he does he function in the modern NBA and like. Is is he is going to fit in in, in a, a modern NBA offense? Because I I think that his um, I think obviously the, when you com, you know when you compare him to Pierce, the, the one of the most underrated things about Pierce was his strength and the fact that like he he could finish through contact. He could he liked creating contact. Pierce was like Pierce was far from soft, and not that Tatum is soft, but obviously like in the strength department, if you if he wants to play like Paul Pierce, he has a long way to go yeah. in terms of the. Right, he's 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 young. He's got a lot of growing up to do in general, for sure. But I mean, Pierce wasn't Pierce wasn't guaranteed to fight through traffic uh, in his first season, his rookie season. He tried for for his life, and he was he was was strong. But by the time three, four, five years down the line, as he grew in, in his NBA career and as a as a man, he became a lot stronger and still kept that quickness with his feet. So. That's that's what Tatum needs to try to do in general. Yeah, I, I yeah, you're right. I I agree with that. And again, I'm not. It's not even that I'm down on Tatum. It, it it's it's like I'm I'm not sure how he fits with the Celtics. Is, is kind of where I'm at with this. And I I don't know how many minutes he's going to get this season. It'll be interesting. He'll probably get the the the, the Jalen season, the first season treatment, and we can get to Jalen. That's second. what I was thinking. Um, yeah, he'll probably get you know he'll, he'll have nights where uh, a guy's hurt and he'll and maybe less nights because Avery Bradley's not there. It's Kai who you could count on to miss you know twenty twenty five games a season and rotate guys in there. But um, not to take a shot at him. But anyway, so without, <laughs> wow, without, yeah. I had to come myself because it's kind of like a chin shot momentarily, but that's not what that's not what I meant. You know what? He's not a Celtic anymore. Screw Avery Bradley. No. Uh, wow. Screw his team, but not him. I, I want him to succeed. I, I hope Avery Bradley makes all team for all first defensive team. He makes an All Star game, and Detroit loses eighty one games. They can win one. <laughs> yeah, I, I was kidding. Anyway, I, I actually like Avery Bradley, but um, yeah. So, so you know, I think he'll get those those scenarios, and I think with the second unit, it might be better better for him to not be a starter because it, it's like with with all those guys out there, like. I, I can't imagine like Isaiah standing around waiting for Jason Tatum to like nope. to, to you know turn around and do a fadeaway jumper while while Isaiah's standing there, and Al Horford's going to be a, you know trying to get the offensive rebound. I just right. I, I think that yeah, I'd like. Well, to see you him you be. saw it you saw it last year with with Jalen Brown, and and he had to change his game a little bit. He's a slasher. He's a high flyer. He wants to be cutting to the basket at all times. But the Celtics asked him to sometimes spot up in the corner or hang up on the three-point line and not be the guy that's in motion in the offense. So he had to be able to knock down shots, and he showed the ability to do so and earn playing time. Jason Tatum, 
is, is a guy that scores on his own for the most part, right? He's not a guy that, that's a spot-up shooter. So they're going to have to find a way to work him into the offense when he's on the floor. And m- maybe that means that he doesn't play it unless Isaiah's on the bench. Who knows? Well, speaking of Jalen, what, what did you think of his summer league performance? Uh, Jalen, um, I, I didn't. Yeah. I didn't really care too much about his his actual play because I knew that he was Good one answer. of the better players on the floor. Right. You know. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So the second year guys, and I'll, I'll get to Brandon Ingram in a second. But like guys you've already seen playing the NBA, like if if they play poorly, right. it's not the it, it's not the end of the world. I mean, so I, I, I think you you came out in that first game and he dominated and he looked right. Uh, he, and he, he showed he showed what he can do and he showed what right. what he can be. And you know what? The, and, it's more important to me that a player like that shows leadership qualities and takes over for the team and leads the guys in the huddle and backs up the coaching staff. And he definitely showed that as well. He tried to take Tatum yeah. under his wing. He was good with the younger players, the, the the rookies that are on the team. So that is what I look for in a second-year summer league player, and I think Jalen Brown passed with flying colors. Yeah, and then and then after that, I just thought he was pressing, and I I think you know he he, he knew he was he had the role of, of leader of the team, and he knew that like that the, the pressure was on him to to put on great performances. But I I don't think that you know I, I don't think Jalen Brown. Uh, trying to go one-on-one with his man every time is like the best usage of Jalen Brown just because uh, he, while he has a great explosive first step, his, his ball handling generally is like it's not the, you know, the tightest in the NBA. I just don't think like that, that role for him in his, in his second year is like ideal for a situation. I think, I think he'll, he'll be fine. And I, I just think sort of he was pressing a little bit and, He's not the type of player who you want to see play. And you know what? Maybe maybe that was all part of the plan. Maybe the Celtics decided to just sort of let him do his thing. They think that he's the best player on the floor. And they said, you know what? Why don't you go work on the things that we think you need to work on? Like taking a guy off the dribble on your own if you're put in an isolation situation. Or like trying to get somebody in the popcorn popper, as Cedric Maxwell likes to say, and do a little mid-range turnaround jumper or – get to the lane and, and get fouled. Maybe they just sort of let Jalen Brown loose on purpose to, to, to say, listen, look at these mistakes that you've, that you've made when we've done this to, and allowed you to, to play however you want. You're going to have to work on all of this if you're going to fit into the system and play in that manner as well. So uh, who knows? That's, so, that's just speculation on my part, but it, it makes sense to me. So I've heard a couple of NBA analysts say that they think that Tatum is already better than Brown. Do you do you agree with that assessment, or where are you at with that? Uh, I need to see more of Tatum. I'm going to plead the fifth, I guess. But right. if I if I had to say, I would say no, he's not better than better than Brown. He's he's a better scorer, it seems. Right. It seems like he's he's definitely I, the better offensive player. But and Brad Stevens seems to be sold on on how hard he works defensively. But I just. I just look at Jalen Brown and I think he sees the floor very well. I think he, he knows where to be on the basketball court a little bit better. His awareness seems to be better. Uh, and I just, I, I think that yeah. he's a better defender overall as well. I agree. I think he's a better defender. I think he's better in catch and shoot situations. I think he'll be better and he'll, he'll be better as a role player than Jason Tatum will. In, he'll, he'll fit into a situation better than I think Jason Tatum will. Who knows, you know, what Tatum is down the line, but like, I think it's a huge overreaction to say Tatum's already better than Brown. Anyway, um, real quick on, on uh, Zizic, 
I think he's too slow. I thought it when I saw his video. I know he did better down the stretch of Summer League. I just think in the NBA, I don't see, this, especially, you know, when, when teams start pushing it, I don't see how he plays more than the, the Tyler Zeller role on next year's Celtics team. Tell me I'm crazy. Nope, you're not crazy because you know what? They signed yeah. Aaron Baines, too. So he's going to be the one that's that's getting more playing time at center, I believe. I, I don't I don't think Zizic is ready either. Uh, he looks like he's strong enough, and he might have the toughness to to play. And I, I liked some of his moves in the post that he was showing, but when he's matched up against actual centers in the NBA, I don't think he's going to really be able to hang a whole a whole lot. So I don't know how they're going to utilize him. Um, but I think that if they ever end up going big with a seven-footer on the floor, it's going to be Baines over over Zizic. All right, so, yeah. So, over over to the Lakers real quick. Um, yeah, Lonzo didn't shoot that well in, until he did, sort of over the second half of the, of the thing. So, I don't know. You know, it's too small of a sample size. He started shooting better later in the thing. I still don't know if his shot translates. It, it may or may not. I, he had range in college, so I'm not I'm not trying to give up on that one way or the other. But I think he's definitely. I I think the thing that summer league showed me is that like, even if he's not the best shooter, I think he could stay on the floor. But I, I think he can. If, excuse me. If he becomes a good three point shooter, I think that'll that'll make all the difference in whether or not he's you know an actual good NBA starter. But I I, I think he can find a role just getting out on the break and, and getting the team going in that respect. Uh, if nothing else, that's sort of my takeaway from him. What do you think? Um, I mean, I, I question his. I've been questioning his shot even when he was in college, and people have scolded me all the time, or they poo-poo my opinion on 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 him because I don't really believe that he's a great scorer slash shooter in general. So I don't know. I think it's time to move on say- from. Right. Summer league, well, though. I, I will say, I will say this for him real, real quick, and and I guess this, this was a college thing too, but I I didn't I, I think it do, it doesn't get reported you know well enough. It's like he's a really good rebounder for a guard. He has gets an excellent position, and I think he always I, I think that'll translate to the NBA because he sort of is really good at. at is that where the, the comparison those. to Jason Kidd comes from? I guess. Uh, the poor I, shooting. I, think it's a bad, I, I I don't think it's shooting so much as it, it's is it's you know pressing the second he gets the ball and pushing it, pushing it up the court. I think that's really what it is. But the rebounding, obviously, I, I think the uh, part of his success in terms of being such a, a great full-court passer is that he gets a lot of rebounds. And because the ball doesn't have to be passed to him, giving guys an extra two seconds to get down the court, he, he's the guy getting the ball a lot of times. Like, that, that helps him immediately throw the ball up the court. But, um, yeah, so... Who knows with Lonzo? We we talked about him at all. All right. I really like. I, we we just we just talked about NBA rookies and right. second year players for far too long. We gave them too much okay. time on our on our hour long show here tonight. Um, as we passed oh, the half hour? hour mark. Yeah, I I guess I forgot to tell you that I only schedule it for an hour. We can go over if we have to, but. Uh, okay. No biggie. We passed thirty minutes just a minute ago. So let's move okay. on because you've got a, a list of all the other free agents uh, that have moved and that we haven't talked about because we babble on about other stuff and sometimes we don't do shows and here I go again. So break out the list. What do we have? Yeah, we're not good at pacing ourselves. <clears throat> okay, Ray, uh, uh, I'm just going to go right down the list. Uh, 
Kevin Durant and Steph Curry. Good deals or bad deals? Go. Your side. Go. <laughs> I mean, good deals. Good deals for winning. Bad deals for the the ownership's money. Yeah, although Kevin Durant signed for less than he could have, so I guess that even that's good deal. Fair All enough. Right. Uh, Gordon Hayward, I'm, I'm sure you're happy about, right? I'm just going. Going down CBS's ranks of players. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a that's a good deal for both. I wish Hayward would have uh, considered keeping, uh, keep letting the Celtics keep a little money, so Avery Bradley could be the guy that sticks around, and they could find a way, different way to form this roster. But that's more my heart speaking than anything else. Good for both both sides. All right, Blake Griffin, five years, one hundred and seventy-three million. Yeah, know. this one, this one, I'm not so sure. I, I don't really un- understand where the Clippers are going with this one because I've never really bought into Blake Griffin as a cornerstone uh, championship type of player. And I thought that if if Chris Paul couldn't get it done with him, then I don't know if there anybody if there's anybody out there that can. So uh, the the way that the the Clippers are going, it seems like they had a last ditch effort and they're grasping to hang on to their superstar. And I don't know if it's going to work out for either one of them. I don't see a championship in their future. Yeah, here's here's the thing: they lost Chris Paul and uh, and JJ Redick and sort of and uh, Mbamute, and they replaced them with Gallinari and Patrick Beverly and somebody else they got in that in that trade. They lost Lou, Will, Lou Williams. Lou Williams. Oh yeah, that's right, Lou Williams. That's right, Lou Williams. Like. But the guys they sent out are all look, the Clippers already weren't good enough, but at least they were good enough to be. I, I I'm not at the school of like, oh, if you can't win a championship, you should just blow up your team and be the worst team in the NBA. But Chris Paul chose to leave, and I think that is is the opportunity to like maybe rethinking signing you know, your often injured power forward to a five year max. It's like I don't. I question that decision when I don't say get nothing for him, but I think a, a sign and trade, some kind of scenario where like you can start your rebuild. I I just I don't think that Gallinari works. It's just to throw that one in there right now, I don't think Gallinari works with Blake and DeAndre. Yeah. So I don't. Yeah. I think they go they go from you know the, the fourth or fifth best team in the West to the seventh best team in the West, and I don't. I don't get it what, doesn't look what good a, for the them. Point of that yeah, is. they're 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 another mid they're a mid range team in the West. They look like they're they're not going, they're not getting better, and they're they, they, they yeah. might have gotten worse. So and I agree out. I agree they're with you that out. if you're if you're not going to win a championship, don't just tank uh, and and like throw away your chances at everything for the next few years. I like the way that other teams have done it, and they've been able to sustain. Uh, and be good. San Antonio is a good example of that, and they've drafted well, et cetera. Uh, so I'd prefer the teams go go that route. But if you have to be relatively bad for a year to get yourself in order, and that means letting Blake Griffin walk away or try and trading him for something, then I believe that will be on the table for the Los Angeles Clippers. Don't be surprised if somebody comes a calling for Blake Griffin because they're not afraid of that big contract uh, and they might have some other contracts that they want to dump off on the other side. So I'm not maybe, sold that he's actually going Boston, to be huh? a Clipper at the end of that contract. Maybe that's someone's Boston, huh? Huh? I don't know. I don't know. It depends on what's be going back. Like I said, I don't. I don't buy into Blake Griffin. But I, I, if the deal was right, I would. I would welcome him here for sure. All right, Kyle Lowry, three years, a hundred million, which you know, 
sounds like a lot of money, thirty-three million a year, but it, it's the new NBA. I think I think it's the perfect length because three years is about how long I expect Kyle Lowry to still be good, and they don't get stuck with him when he's too old. And I think if, if you're Toronto, like it, it's got to be hard to sign free agents as as it is. Lowry's sort of your franchise guy. I I know I'm sort of talking out of both sides of my mouth here, but but Lowry, you know, yeah. is less of a health risk than Griffin. The contract is shorter. You know, I, by, think, by yeah. two, I, I think yeah, I think Toronto has done a good yeah. job here. Yeah, I'm yeah. On board. Toronto's done a good job here. I would I would question Lowry on this one. I guess are you disappointed if you're Kyle Kyle Lowry? Did you think you you deserve more or more years at least? And why why didn't you go look somewhere else? I, I feel like somebody else would have paid him more. Yeah, I think that's what I did. I think he just probably likes – I know Ian DeRozan are like besties. But, yeah, I, I'm a little disappointed because I wanted Lowry. I'm a, I'm a big fan of Kyle Lowry, and I wanted to see him on a new team. I just can't – I can't keep, like, thinking that these Raptors have a, a, a chance to not look horrible in the playoffs. You know what I mean? So I, I wanted him to just have a fresh start somewhere, and I, I thought about the possibility of seeing him in San Antonio, even though I hate the Spurs, but, like, that he seemed to be the perfect fit playing alongside Kawhi. Like, can you imagine the sort of defensive switching and all that with him there? It would have been really interesting, but whatever. Uh, Paul Millsap joined the Denver Nuggets three years, $90 million as part of a three-way deal. Uh, yeah, th- this is this is good for Millsap for sure. I think that he's made a pretty good decision getting out of Atlanta anyway. I don't know who else was in the market for him or, and where he could have gone, but I think that he is gonna. He's setting himself up to get another deal at the end of this at some point uh, because he's not that old and he is still performing at a high level. So getting out of Atlanta, no offense, Taj, as far as uh, Paul Millsap is concerned, I think that was a good move because boy, do they look like they are just stripping that team down. Paul Millsap is apparently 32, so the three-year deal works perfectly. Maybe maybe Paul Millsap breaks down in that last year, but I think you can do you can do one bad year of a deal. It's not that big of a deal. I think Millsap fits perfectly in Denver because that team is terrible defensively and he's one of the best defenders in the NPA. He's versatile. He doesn't he doesn't need the ball too much, but I don't think he gets in the way of your Jokic scenario and Jokic doesn't play defense. You sort of have to play pair him with a defender. I yeah, I like it all the way around. Good move for Denver. Very Serge Ibaka next. Um uh, clicking on his name and it's taking forever to load. He signed with the Raptors. Why are you not loading? Huh. Uh Serge signed a three year sixty five million dollar deal with the Raptors. What do you think? Um I I don't first of all, I don't know why they acquired him in the first place. Can I just say that? Like I thought the trade to acquire him was strange in, in the first place. And I didn't understand how he was really going to fit in with the team. I understood that he was a, a good scorer and he could shoot the three and he's a big man. But I mean, I just, I didn't see how the combo of he and Valanchunas was going to work on the floor at the same time. Um, and I didn't think he made them any tougher to, to get past Cleveland. And I still don't think that. I, 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 so I'm kind of confused as to why they got him in the first place. But considering that, uh, the money seems to be right. They got him on – it's not a max deal or anything like that. So I think he's, he's getting paid the proper amount for what the, the new market is. So maybe that's the best deal that he could find. And I'm just confused as to why they went out and got him in the first place. Yeah, I don't like the deal. 
can I just say low key? I'm not sure Serge Ibaka's good anymore. Just like I, I think people keep buying into Serge Ibaka because a couple of years ago he was a guy who could switch on to anybody. He could, you know, he was like the the prototypical modern NBA guy or like the guy you want. He was Tristan Thompson, you know, he was Tristan Thompson with a perimeter shot. That's that's essentially what he was a couple of years ago. And now I feel like he can't really rebound anymore. He he just shoots. He gets caught in this mid range quagmire a lot of times. Uh, he he's still a decent scorer, but I I feel like he's He's not the defender he was a couple of years ago, and like he didn't he didn't play that well with the Raptors. I understand like okay they're capped out they got to re-sign their own guys if they can, but like I don't know I guess if you if you go all in on Lowry I I get why they did it, but now you're sort of stuck with this team and I don't really like Serge that much anyway at this point so I don't love it. Uh, Otto Porter signed a max deal with the Wizards. They were sort of forced into that situation. I like Otto Porter quite a bit, real quick. I, I, it's too much money, but I, I, I get why they did it. I'm okay with it. You're good with it? Yeah, I mean, the money is is scary for, for him at this point in his career, but uh, if they believe in him like you do, then I see why they did it. It, it makes sense. The Nets I mean, really they, they screwed were, him on that one, huh? Yeah, they they did, and the Wizards were capped out. So it's either sign Otto Porter or don't sign Otto Porter and sign no one to replace him. You know what I mean? So yep. the Wizards are in this scenario where like they're not gonna they're not gonna not re-sign him, and then like they they offered Sean Wall a, a max deal, and Sean Wall's like, eh, I don't know. Which is like if I'm, it, it's already creating this this you know tornado of, of around the league of like, well, well, what are we like? Is Sean Wall gonna be available in a year? It'll, it'll be interesting to see, but. Um, let me look down the line if anyone else is interesting, because basically after this, it's just like J.J. Redick. Uh, oh, I wanted to talk about Nerlens Noel real quick. Mm-hmm. Because he hasn't signed anywhere, has he? No, he no. And yeah, and the thing the thing about it is, it's just, it, it's every year we see one of these. Remember, there there's like your Eric Bledsoe from a couple of years ago, your Greg Monroe when he was in Milwaukee. There's always like the player who's a good player, right? That that everyone just assumes. That, that the team is going to re-sign them, so nobody – and he's a, he's a restricted free agent. So, like, you can't just make him an offer without tying up your, your salary on the contract. So then nobody makes this guy an offer, and then the team tries to take advantage of that by lowballing him. And, like, this year's guy is Nerlens Noel. And I, I feel bad for him because I, I really like Nerlens Noel, and I think Dallas is trying to get him for, like, way less than he's probably worth. Of course. But it'll be interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting. It's a smart business decision. If you're Nerland, do you, do you sign the qualifying for six million and then try to run it back next year as a free agent, or do you take like a you know do you take their Dallas's offer, which I read somewhere was like thirteen million a year? Do you just take do you just take that you know thir- four year thirteen million and, and suck it up uh, for, over those four years, or do you or do you take the six, six million, knowing that you're Noel and you had knee injuries in the past, uh, do you just take it and then hope to become an unrestricted free agent and get the hell out of Dallas? Yeah, that's tough, man. If they're really lowballing you and you don't, I mean, you got traded there in the first place, so you, maybe you don't want to be there, uh, and you're feeling disrespected. I mean, I just, I feel like you you get out as fast as you can and, and hope that you can prove this to other teams that you can actually play and stay healthy, and and just get out of dodge uh, because that's, I mean, especially if you believe that you're strong and, and you're gonna and everything's gonna be okay as far as the, your career and you can still be that type of player. Definitely 
get out of there, get paid somewhere else. Because if this is just a scare tactic or it's just like, not a scare tactic, but if it's just a smoke screen or something for Dallas to sort of get a low ball offer for this kid, then I don't like it. And he should, he should play hard ball. He should go back at him the opposite direction and, and get out of the contract as soon as he can. Oh, I forgot. Todd Gibson signed in Minnesota, right? Do you think that Minnesota is like low key next year's Utah, where they just out of nowhere they're like the no, five they're next year's Chicago. I mean, they're they're the Bulls from a couple of years ago. They got Thibodeau and everything. I mean, it, sure they they've got a little more scoring punch, I guess. Than I mean, they're not going to be one seed, but what's that? They're not going to be a one seed. I just mean in terms of, not in terms of play style. I just mean in terms of like you know coming from like a, a lottery team to just a, a mid-range playoff team rather than oh you know what uh, this this should yeah. this should finally be the year that Minnesota makes the playoffs I will say that people thought it would happen with Kevin Love uh and and people thought Ricky Rubio was going to get them to the playoffs Minnesota should be a, a good enough team to make the playoffs in the Western Conference this year I'm going out on a limb all right fair enough oh that's our that's our hot free agency talk uh so we have ten minutes left. We don't have to get to all of these topics. I forgot. Forgot what else we were supposed to talk about here. Paul Pierce. Uh, what? Huh? Oh yeah, yeah. Paul Pierce. Yeah, let's, let's do that. Let's do that. We did. We did mention him earlier in the show because people will compare him to Jason Tatum. We talked about him, or compare Jason Tatum to him, I should say. Uh, and so we talked about him briefly and his footwork and how, how he became such a, a great player in the NBA. But uh, he officially. Signed a one-day contract, as everybody expected, with the Boston Celtics. And he is retiring from basketball as a Boston Celtic. And I'm sure that Calvin has some sort of criticism about this process. Uh, you must hate the one-day contract or something. What do, what do you want to talk about as far as Pierce retiring as a Celtic is concerned? Well, first of all, of course I hate the one-day contract. The one-day contract is really stupid. Can we just say that right off the top? But it's not, in this case, it's not just that the one-day contract was stupid. It's that in order to to create enough roster space to sign Paul Pierce, the Celtics had to cut Demetrius Jackson. No, they were going to cut Demetrius Jackson anyway to open up a yes. roster spot uh, for Yamaselli or, or, or whoever down the line. But, like, he wasn't necessarily going to get cut uh, yesterday or, t- or today, right? It was today or was it yesterday when Paul Pierce became a Celtic? Uh, uh, yeah. It was yesterday. Yeah, but the point is, can you imagine being the guy who, like, in, in his contract was already guaranteed for the season, so he he, he was going to get cut anyway, he got paid out, but can you imagine them being like, yeah, we're going to let you go now so we can sign this guy for one day. Yeah, like, so he can get uh, us some yeah, shots. He's going to get some yeah. new, he's going to get his old sneakers back, he's going to get some shots up in the in the gym, he's going to razz Danny Ainge by wearing Brooklyn Nets shorts to the to the signing. He's gonna smile and he's gonna he's gonna retire a Celtic. That's right. That's tradition. That's that's the way they do it. I'm just I'm just saying if you're Demetrius Jackson, don't you like take Paul Pierce's car or something? Because he, he's he's taking oh, up your on. roster spot. No, you got way. paid. What 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 are you what are you gonna do with the team from from today to the next week? What is he doing? He's not playing basketball with them. What is he doing? By the way, it's a, it's if I were him, I'd want to get if, and I knew I was gonna get cut. I want to get cut immediately so I can go start looking for another team. But uh, that's fair. That's fair. But uh, let, let me ask you this: Since when does the NBA start handing out one-day contracts? I don't remember any. I, I, I the, the last time I checked, the shortest contract uh, that, that could be given out in the NBA is a 10-day contract. 
those are the those one day contract shenanigans. No, sign him for the sign him for the year, give him a minimum contract, put him on the roster. Okay, he doesn't he can he wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, let's time out here. Let's go back because I'm, I'm gonna I have to spot. Google this and call you out because Amari Stoudemire did it last year. As he retired from the NBA, he signed a one day contract with the New York Knicks. Wow, Amari Stoudemire signed a one day first of all, that this this brings up an entirely different issue for me, which is that if I'm the Suns, I'm furious about that, right? Because Mark Stoudemire is the Suns. Mark Stoudemire is not a Nick, right? He had one good season with the Knicks, and then he blew out his knee, and it was an albatross contract, and Knicks fans hated him. How how do you not go back to Phoenix if you're Mark Stoudemire? I don't know, he, he, but he signed a one-day contract with uh, with uh, the New York Knicks, and I found let's see, there's there's a a whole article on the one-day contract in the New York Times, Calvin. You can go read it if you want. I just found it on Google. That's what you did, okay. and it's, yeah. it's, it's no, not about no, the no. not about the NBA as much as it is about uh, baseball uh, and and a couple of football players. But like uh, Hideki Matsui, I guess signed a one day contract with the Yankees. No, yeah, well, it happens. It happens all the time in baseball. It doesn't not yeah. happen as much in basketball. And, right. So, yeah, but yeah, Sotomayor, like, keep going on Sotomayor. Go ahead. <laughs> well, this this is my thing with with all of these one day contract contracts. You know what I mean? Like the NBA has rule. The NBA just ignores their own rules to like give give Paul. If Paul Pierce was like a 23 year old that the Celtics wanted to sign for one day and then have the contract end, the NBA would be like, no, that's against NBA rules. You know what I mean? It's just fake contract. It's not really real. That that annoys me. If, if you want to put Paul Pierce on your roster again, you pay him league minimum and follow the NBA guidelines, then I'll say yes. Paul Pierce retired at the Celtics. But like you can you can agree that Paul Pierce did not retire as a Celtic, right? Or or do you do you buy into this this lie that they're telling you with this false one day contract? That's where I'm at. Give him a ten day contract. Let him play. So maybe let, let so play. maybe it is a ten day contract, and he just retires after the first day. He, listen, he's a Celtic whether he retires as one or whether he plays his last game as one or not. He's he's a Celtic true and true. No, I, that's that's fine. And, and again, I, I was going to ask you just in, as a curiosity when it comes to Pierce, where he sort of ranks on your on your list of favorite Celtics. And I mean, don't give me like any Bill Russell crap because it's like you didn't watch any of those guys. I mean, like oh, guys you, you enjoyed. Yeah, he's got to be he's got to be up there. But yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. I wouldn't be if you asked me who my favorite Lakers were. I wouldn't be like Wilt, but that would that'd just be a dumb thing to say. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean. Pierce has got to be one of those guys, right? I, and I hate yeah. to say it, I loved I loved Rondo too until he became a little bitch and started being a little whiny little guy that couldn't get along with anyone. Uh, but uh, I mean, it, basically, if you're if you're going to just talk about the last twenty years, Kevin Garnett is up there too, right? I mean, yeah. Okay, this, so so Pearson, good, I'm going to create the good sense scenario for you. All right. Uh, Pierce and Garnett are, are fighting each other and they both fall off a cliff and you rush over to save them and they're both hanging on the edge and you grab each of them with one arm but you're not strong enough to pull over pull up both Pierce and Garnett which one do you which one do you let go of to pull the other one up Calvin I would yeah. I would fall over the cliff and plummet to my <laughs> death with the two of them in hand oh that's depressing <laughs> 
Uh, so, yeah, no, so you went back to this. Listen, I mean, the the answer is Paul Pierce, right? I mean, you're gonna you're gonna help Paul yeah. Pierce if you're a longtime Celtic fan, but you have to respect Kevin Garnett, and I would I would hold on to them as long as I could till I, I made sure that Kevin Garnett knew how much I appreciated him, uh, and then I would let him go and hear him scream expletives on the way down. I like it. I like it. All right, so it looks like we're over. Some of this other stuff can carry over to next week, and some of it won't. You know, maybe we'll maybe we'll talk about baseball. It's funny, like <laughs> the Dodgers have one of the, the the best records in in baseball history to this point, and I still can barely muster up uh, time to talk about baseball. Well, the LA Kings like won it, a Stanley Cup, and you didn't want to talk about that back when that happened. Not a sport. So. Ah, okay. Maybe we'll talk about that next week. Maybe we will. We got got nothing but time, man. Summer of Nothing but time. It's the summer. It's the summer. Here we go. All right. Well, thank you for listening out there in uh, CLNS media world, the Twitter world. Taj, our first caller in – well, Mad Dog called last week, but has has he called us before, the guy guy in Atlanta? Because I feel like Uh, he has. Hmm? I think he's called the post-game show that, I, that I've been okay. on, but I don't know if he's called our show specifically. Fair enough. I, f- I feel like I've heard his voice before. Either way, he's a good, uh, uh, definitely a good caller, so we appreciate him listening and everybody else out there listening. Um, enjoy your week, and we'll talk to you hopefully with some more information, instru- interesting information, next Tuesday. All right. Bye, Calvin. Good night, everybody. Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting? Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.